Hello, I'm Hal Lublin. And I'm Mark Gagliardi. Since the dawn of humanity, one issue has gone unsettled. With the fate of the world in the balance, we're here to settle once and for all. Best 80s movie, dude! That's right, don't worry everyone. We got this. Podcasts should have a theme song. Podcasts should not have a theme song. Yes, they should. No, they shouldn't. They sound good. Yeah, but people are just going to skip past it. Hmm. You know what? You're right. We got this. Hal, what are we going to get here in this beautiful video store? Look around. All of these VHS boxes around us. The world is our oyster. We got this big bag of M&Ms. Let's watch a movie. You know, when I was a kid, there was a video store in Rockledge, Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. It was not a blockbuster. Blockbuster hadn't become a big thing yet. And Mm -hmm. this store had a raft, like a little inflatable crocodile raft for Crocodile Dundee 2. And I dreamt my whole life of the day that that store closed so that I could have that raft and go ride waves on it at the Jersey Shore. Well, Hal, I have a surprise for you. (laughs) You do? I do. The bad news is it's not that raft, but okay. the good news is it's Bonnie Gordon, yes. star of Star Trek Prodigy, brand <laughs> new on Paramount Plus and an old friend of ours. Hi, Bonnie. Hi. Thank you for having me. Oh, my goodness. I was looking around for like behind curtain number three is the raft. You know? what, oh, man, that would really that'd be wild if I did have that raft in here. Now it's going to be my goal to get you by the next holiday season. Give me a year and a month and I'll get it for you. Hal. You have all the time in the world. What is something going to happen buddy. a year and a month outside of the holidays? Twenty twenty two. We will have a conversation offline. No one should know too much about their own future. Okay. <laughs> Bonnie, this is among the many topics that you chose. You gave us a short list. One of the yeah, best I could have. I did. I, you know, and I had, it was a long list and then I whittled it down. Yes. And uh, I've been told this is how we're going to do this topic as well. So I'm very excited because apparently I'm good at that. Yeah. Your whittling yes. skills will come in handy. I'm a whittler. You know, there you go. Nobody works a list like Bonnie Gordon. Nobody can whittle like me. <laughs> now, what is it about 80s movies that you love? Oh, gosh, everything. The campiness, the mm-hmm. nostalgia, the not afraid to just go in a completely weird direction. I mean, if you look at some of the best 80s movies, which I will give you my list, of course, yes. um, some of them are just so creative and just so interesting and fun. And then you watch them now today and you're like, oh, some of those did not age well. But yes. you still get that nostalgic feeling. What do I start with? Do I just go with like my number one movie of all time? Before before you jump in, okay. let's figure out what you, you mentioned some great adjectives in there. Nostalgic, creative, fun, unique, campy, campy, cheesy. You know? Yeah. Yeah. What do you think makes a great eighties movie? Does it need to be campy and cheesy? Or I mean, there's some great eighties dramas out there that true are not camp films. Do are we looking for eighties as does the 1980s mean it was made between 1980 and 1989? Or does 1980s mean it is emblematic of its era? Oh, that's a good oh, question. Oh, okay. Okay, now you're giving me a new list to whittle. So I don't like <laughs> well, this. You can do uh, <laughs> I think th- I think there's like a varied approach, right? Because I have a list mm-hmm. of 23 movies that I would mm-hmm. that, okay. that I'm gonna pick off of. I think we're gonna have crossover amongst yeah. all Most of likely. Lists, and you know, fun. I will say this coming into this. When you said, oh, favorite 80s movie. And I was like, all right, great. I came prepared with the one, not knowing that I should have prepared my full list. But that's okay, because my whole list is being a person with amazing gift of the ADHD. I yes. will I will tangent to all kinds of movies. You know, I won't even know what year I'm in anymore, you know? Have you Perfect. seen Singing in the Rain? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> movie. That was going to be my favorite musical if we went with that route for the movie it is musical. It's a great musical. Oh, such a good choice. And what is the we we've talked about that movie on the show before when we were talking I think we did a musical episode where we talked about that Singing film. In the rain? Yeah, Singing in the Rain. And the greatest performance in that movie is nobody that's on the poster. It's the foil, the woman who was yeah. the terrible Oh, voice. she's amazing. Yeah. yeah. The, singing is- in the rain. Oh. oh, my God. She's great. <laughs> What's wonderful, though, is what I love about – we're going way off topic. But what I love about it is being a voiceover actor and, you mm-hmm. know, being in the world of dubbing and, mm-hmm. and things like that. It was so funny to me because this was basically – when they started the talkies, they're showing the beginning of dubbing of, oh, no, no yeah. one wants to hear this woman talk. Yeah. And it's yes. happened ever since, including yep. in some 80s movies, including Greystoke, The Legend of Tarzan, where Ooh. Andy McDowell's very thick Southern East Tennessee drawl mm-hmm. was replaced with the dulcet tones of Glenn Close. 
Speaking of 80s movies, hey. Bonnie, do you want to start us off? We're going to go round robin style okay. today. And okay. we're going to one at a time drop some of our favorite movies. We'll chat about them individually. And I think by the end, we will have come up with a pretty good list. What do you guys think? Amazing. Sounds great. My number one movie of all time, not just 80s movies. I'm talking mm-hmm. favorite movie of all time. The Princess Bride. Top of my list. It hits every genre. Yeah. It's one of those movies that if it's on in the background, doesn't matter where or how or why, I will watch it. And it's probably one of the most quotable movies of all time. Yeah. People yeah. who've never seen it, and then I force them, like, literally tie them down and force them to watch it. Then they realize, oh, I've quoted this movie before. You know, they don't even know mm-hmm. how much of pulp culture is quoted. Right? It's so funny because so little of that movie is emblematic of the 80s. You know no, what I mean? The only real eightiesiness in it is Fred Savage and Peter Falk. Okay, well, you didn't specify. No, you no, didn't no, specify, not- give me your favorite movie that takes place in the 80s, you know, where everyone's wearing shoulder pads and a side ponytail. <laughs> I I was I was going with movies made in the 80s. Sure. And By the, the way, Bride is my favorite. Shoulder pad and side ponytail on Peter Falk in that movie would have given it just that little extra nudge. Not that it needs it because I'm with you. This is one of my all time favorite movies. I think it is Mm -hmm. absolutely timeless. Perfect. The, the genre bending. Fix it. Don't change a thing. No. Yeah. And the eightiesiness of it, I think comes from Rob Reiner's direction. Yeah. Even the, the score, the way the score sounds with that, with that sort of classical guitar has sort of a, like there's all it, it, it feels like it could swerve into Vangelis at any second. But it's Come also- my love, I'll tell you a tale. <laughs> There's exactly. lyrics? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's And it's uh, probably one of the wor- – it's a horrible song. All love is like a storybook story. It's as real as the feelings I feel. Yeah. Hopefully you don't get copyright yeah. trouble for that. But I will be fine. It's in the yeah. middle of Rob Reiner's – arc as a director Mm -hmm. he starts Mm -hmm. with stuff like spinal tap then he moves into princess bride as an adaptation exactly the same type of movie right there years after this comes uh, when harry met sally which is a much more personal film for him Mm -hmm. so it's just interesting like he's very much a guy who went from being a television star of the 70s to becoming a film director and and a heavyweight in the industry in Mm -hmm. the 80s and this movie was a big reason why and it remains it does remain timeless. I love that as an entry into it. I think Great. All three of those movies that you mentioned are on my long list. Yeah. I'm whittling it down. You know, obviously, we're only going to talk about five or six of them set to, to 10 to 15 to 20 each. Yeah. Um, but my long <laughs> list has all three of those on it. And Maybe I do love one. that in When Harry Met Sally, he just said, hey, Nora Ephron, write a movie about a character that's me. And she was like, all right, and wrote a Rob Reiner movie, which I think is a brilliant way to do it. Princess Bride, number one on the list. Coming out a leadoff hitter, strong. Coming out hot. Let's do this. As you wish, everybody. Hal, what's your first? Okay, I got to go with my favorite movie of all time, which I think satisfies not only being a near flawless movie, Mm -hmm. but also very much set in the 80s because... The main character has traveled from and trying to get back to the year 1985. That was my number two. Back to the future. Yes. Yep. Still holds up to this day. And and I would venture, having recently watched both of the sequels back to back, that number two holds up pretty well also. None of, yeah. neither of them are as good as the first. It is, mm. I think it is a nearly perfect movie, especially considering it deals with time travel, which is always kind of dicey. Well, Mm -hmm. none of that stuff that was supposed to happen in 2015 happened. Well, that's because they fixed it. They went back. I mean, they went back, Mark. They changed the continuum. The Cubs did win the series one year later. We did get Donald Trump as president, which was pretty much like Biff. So I feel like we kind of we cut someone messed the timeline up around there. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Around the election. I was like, "Mm, Marty, Marty messed something up. Yeah. Quick, get a gray sports almanac. Go back in time and fix this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Back to the Future is brilliant. Aside from the, I mean, it is a great, timeless, perfect, wonderful movie, despite its insane plot holes. Oh, it doesn't matter. Sure. You just look, you just kind of glance over them. You're like, yeah. oh, this is a hurdle that you have to overcome. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to get too, you don't get too deep into it. Like they play in their own sandbox extremely well. That, yeah. That's the challenge of a time travel movie. Is there's always a paradox mm-hmm. that they have to either dismiss or the whole film becomes about not creating that paradox because one thing will make it happen. Right. A movie saved the DeLorean car industry. <laughs> that's right. Pretty great. 
and all the 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 side like I say the DeLorean is a character in it. I think a lot yeah. of the smaller roles in it. Thomas Wilson as Biff is perfect in oh, that movie. Oh, they're all perfect. The whole Crispin Glover movie, is, yeah. first of all, such a strange man, but also mm-hmm. what a wonderful actor he is. Like, yeah. he play such interesting character roles that you can just watch and you're fascinated by them. You just want them to keep talking. You're like, I want to know more about you. Yeah. 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 And they all got to play multiple versions of themselves, which I think is so much fun. As an actor, like, that's the dream role. Playing, you know, yeah. starting off as, like, the the meek, like you know, shy dad or whatever, and then playing himself in high school and then coming back as like the successful, cool dad. It's like, well, you know, it's such, it's so fun. They get to play different levels of little small changes of what the future things kind of change, you know? Yeah, that's pretty. And plus, not only are you playing 30 years apart, you're mm-hmm. playing those, like you said, those alternate timelines of mm-hmm. different aspects of different characters. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's a great movie. I maintain that moment that you see George McFly go from scared to in pain to angry to punching Biff is one of the greatest acting moments ever caught on film. Mm-hmm. I will argue that until the day I no longer draw breath. Mark, what do you have for us? I'm going to go with another. Uh, this is maybe my favorite of the 80s movies, but it is another one that feels sort of timeless. Mm-hmm. That is Beetlejuice. Yes! I uh. love the movie Beetlejuice. Mm-hmm. I think it, if it didn't launch Tim Burton's career, it launched his stratospheric career. Right. It's visually stunning. Michael Keaton is perfect in it. I think that the idea that the human beings are the monsters and the ghosts are the normal people is such a mm-hmm. fun way of looking at it. Winona Ryder as Lydia Dietz is yeah. pitch perfect with her. I am alone. Scratch, scratch, scratch. Yeah. I am utterly alone. alone. Yeah. All of those details. <laughs> it's such a well executed. Everybody is firing on all cylinders. And Tim Catherine Burton O'Hara. artistically. Oh, O'Hara oh, is. She's please. perfect. Yeah. Honestly, what I love about that movie the most is the soundtrack, not just the Beetlejuice theme. Mm-hmm. Of course, anything Danny Elfman does, I am a fan of. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the banana boat song or the day, you know, uh, that mm-hmm. whole scene in the dining room. It's probably one of my favorite scenes. The very end, the jump in the line uh, where she's yes. flying in the air. It has such great iconic moments with music that anytime one of those songs come on the radio, I immediately think Beetlejuice. Yeah. You can't hear one of those Harry Belafonte songs without lip syncing along. Exactly. Yeah, it's impossible. Yeah. So Yay! that's that's my first. Look at this. Look at this trio we have at the top. Yeah. By the way, this would make an amazing. Any of these movies individually would make a great Southern California sit outside in the summertime and watch it on a big screen with a bunch of nerds. I feel like. This yeah. is our marathon that we must do. Yeah, I kind of like this trio Mark, right here. I would watch as a marathon. Let's do you it. Have, you've you've started this. Yeah, we're doing it. Everybody, right. people of the world, put on your PJs. We're having a party. Yeah. Yes. Get that big bag of M and M's. We're gonna watch all of these movies. <laughs> Bonnie Gordon, what is next on? Is your it list? back to me? Oh, to you. here we go. Oh man, who are you gonna call? Ghostbusters. Oh, yep. Again, we're going through. I think some of the best. Not only classic 80s movies, but nerd movies. Yeah. Again, it's a perfect example, too, of a really great ensemble cast. And I feel like everyone's cast perfectly in the role that they're playing. And they each have their own moment to shine. And their own their character each is so different, but also works so well together. I think it's a great example of an ensemble cast. Which are yes. uh, and other movies that I'm thinking in my mind that I'm going to say next, if y'all don't say, are also perfect examples of that. But again, but this is one of those movies, too, that also when I watch back now doesn't age as well. Mm -hmm. Bill Murray's character is really problematic for me with some of the things he says to women. I'm like, oh, my goodness. Uh, But again, if you get kind of if you kind of like Vaseline filter over that, it's such a great, fun movie. And I love the silly science behind it, the gadgets, them discovering the firehouse and, you know, just little things like that. And this is where campy really comes through and shines as well you can even argue ghostbusters 2 is another one to add i love yeah. ghostbusters I, 2. I love it too i don't think it can hold a can if we're picking the best 80s movie and ghostbusters 2 wins over the original no, no it's not gonna win i'm That's throwing this podcast out the great. window no it's not gonna win i'm saying it can have an honorary mention sure sure one thing that ghostbusters does really well too i think and i think that we can look at this as a criteria um because we were talking about it before not necessarily just the camp factor but the nostalgia of it Mm -hmm. all i think of all of these movies 
maybe with the design of the house in Beetlejuice. But of these ones that we've mentioned so far, Ghostbusters is the most 1980s. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? With the with yeah. the, here's what new. I mean, it is smack dab in the middle of New York City in the mm-hmm. 1980s. And Peter Venkman is as problematic as that decade was for dudes and specifically funny, sarcastic dudes who say terrible stuff. As determined previously on this show, Peter Venkman is probably the worst Ghostbuster as far as <laughs> he doesn't the job do anything. Yeah. yeah, he doesn't do anything. Uh, one thing I love about this movie and also pretty much a lot of the movies that we're discussing and I'm sure we'll bring up too. What I love about 80s movies is with special effects, a lot of it was practical. Yes, they did have, of course, the digital. They were coming in to the digital age and experimenting with, you know, CGI and, you know, those the little uh, dog demon creatures, of course, looked ridiculous. But a lot of it, again, was practical, like just the opening scene in the library with all the cards opening up and the book stacking like that's spooky. Mm -hmm. And it's all practical effects. And. You know, you can argue the same thing about, you know, with Back to the Future, a lot of it was all just practical special effects with the fire and the the DeLorean speeding off. I mean, it's I feel like we rely so much today on visual effects and CGI and green screen that we kind of yeah. lose that magic that you get with the nostalgia 80s movies. Yeah. And even if you're looking at like, you know, something that is an optical effect where it's been overlaid on mm-hmm. top of a piece of film. Obviously, it was in front of a green screen or something right, that's been right. overlaid, but it's still practical. Slimer, yeah. you can tell, is a puppet and a hilarious puppet. Right. Yeah. Or like, take example in Princess Bride, the rodents of unusual size, the yeah. ROUSs. Mm-hmm. If it was made today, that would have been like, you know, a, a CGI creature of some kind. But instead, you get that really like realness of the... Yeah. Of the movement and the interaction that is with the actors. I mean, it's cheesy, but I still love it. So that's yeah. my two cents. That's part of the joy of it. It's my Ghostbusters. Hal, what do you think? Oh, boy. I, you know, there are a few things that are emblematic of the 80s to me. Mm-hmm. One is sort of this upward mobility in business mm-hmm. and then unmitigated greed and also the work of Oliver Stone. So why not put ah. all three of them together in a movie mm-hmm. called Wall Street from 1987? Yeah. Good one. Good one. You know, it's a very good movie. I don't know that I would pick it over these others, but what I think it has going for it, and which could give it a little bit extra fuel, is that it is so linked to a specific era of the 1980s, mm-hmm. that sort of hedonistic stock trading lifestyle, which would very soon go under for insider trading. And then we got Money Never Sleeps out of that, which is a very smart way to sort of follow that up. But it is unmistakably an 80s movie from the Mm -hmm. slick back hair to the style of clothes that they wear to the subject matter. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is emblematic of an 80s movie. Yeah, and the whole Gordon Gecko's monologue, the his greed is good monologue. Oof. Yeah. It's a good one. I will stick with the uncosplayable movies of the 1980s. (laughs) I will throw into that mix James L. Brooks's classic broadcast news. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Broadcast news is it's a dramedy. It's, it's very funny, but it's got, you know, it's dramatic elements and it is William Hurt playing a hapless doofus news anchor. Mm -hmm. Albert Brooks playing the complete opposite of that and Holly Hunter breaking through everything with one of the funniest, most based on an actual human. This character was based on the woman who now runs cbs news right and her character is so funny and she's a real whole hilarious person who has one of the best lines ever in that movie with it must be great being the smartest person in every room you enter and her completely heartfelt no it's awful just completely (laughs) like brilliant brilliant person who is completely (laughs) clueless as to herself it's one of my favorite movies james brooks crushes that movie I have to rewatch that one. It's been so long. I remember that line though. That one always yeah. got a laugh, but it's so oh, good. it's been a long one. I got, I know I'm like making a mental list of like, I got to yeah. rewatch everything. Right. There's a scene in it too. Another one of my favorite scenes is where it just, you see uh, where William hurt because you're like, what could, what is this guy good at? He's just an empty suit, but there's that beautiful ballet where mm-hmm. Holly Hunter is in the booth and she is feeding facts to William Hurt while he's giving an interview and he is seamlessly dropping them into the conversation. And then you go, oh, 
that's why he has this job because he is the smoothest. And mm-hmm. Albert Brooks being the actual brilliant one has no smoothness to him whatsoever. I think it's a great snapshot of a moment in time. It is, here's what 1987 looked like in the world of broadcast news. So that's what we're going to call it. So that's my second pick. Good choice. Good Love choice. It. What do you have next for us, Bonnie? Oh gosh. I, I'm, I, I have a, now I have a too long of a list. So I'll just pick one from this and just go with flames. Flames uh, on the oh. side of my face. Uh, oh. clue. First off, I'm, I'm a, if you can't tell, I'm a huge fan of ensemble cast yeah. and, yeah. and really strong characters all interacting together that are all so different. And clue is again a perfect example of this. And what a freaking masterpiece based off of a board game. I mean, honestly. Yeah. It's so mm-hmm. iconic. It's so funny. And they got some of the best comedians of the 80s to be in it. And it does kind of just kind of stand alone as this almost like a cult classic, you can say. Uh, you know, I don't think a lot of people would think of it right away when they think of powerhouse 80s movies. But I honestly think that when you rewatch it back, the plot is so intricate and they, they throw little hints along the way and all of them running through the house. Like just the comedic timing of everything is really strong. It's so stylistically. Yeah. It's yeah. so like the tone and the style that that movie sets mm-hmm. never wavers. And it is such a joy of a ride, I think. And the fact that it has three different endings, I think, is so smart. Like, what a fun way to, you know, the director got to play with it. And, like, you never knew which ending you were going to get. I think that's how they originally premiered it in the 80s was that, like, different theaters got different endings. Correct me if I'm wrong. I could be completely wrong. Hal, you, did you see it in theaters back in the day? No, I didn't. I not. didn't because I came to it in home video. But in what during the home video, they would show the alternate endings. Yeah, yeah. I, I, heard, I remember every, that yeah. it could have ended like this. So mm-hmm. you get different endings based on where you saw it. That yeah, yeah which, which I, different screens got different in endings. different, different theaters, theaters. Yeah, I got so people would be like trying to figure out. Well, wait, what do you like? Oh, I loved the ending when this happened, and then their friend would be like, "What are you talking about?" Like, yeah. yeah so I think that's so clever. Like. What a way to actually make it almost make it a game. It was like, oh, we got to watch all three. We got to find. And, you know, the people who were big fans of the film, I'm sure, went to all over trying to find all three endings. Yeah. Yeah. It's very smart. So good. I can't. I, there's going to be. That was the first of the ones that was not on my list. Ooh, I got one. And I was like, Ooh. oh, I forgot about I, that one. I had it, but I put a bunch of movies over it because I started getting into this like it has to be the 80s. But. Clue is a fantastic choice and well-deserved mm-hmm. to be on this list. Is it, is yeah. it my turn? It's your yes, turn. Yes, it's Al. your turn. Bonnie, you like ensembles? Uh-oh. I got an ensemble for you. Okay, bring it's it. It's full of future stars. It has everything. It has action. It has comedy. It has romance. And it Don't have to sell me. Confession of go. the time that somebody stole their uncle's toupee and glued it onto his face to play Moses in his Hebrew school play. Oh. It's <laughs> Goonies. Oh, I love Goonies. <laughs> hey, you guys. Yeah, they never say die. It's so great. It's oh. such a, it has everything like <laughs> Richard Donner movies for me have a similar feel, especially like everything he made probably through the Lethal Weapon movies mm-hmm. of those early Popeye cartoons where everyone is like improvising, like, oh, I look over here, but it's done. Like they're yeah. telling the animators yeah. <laughs> sort of what to put on the screen. And there is that feeling of them. They've actually built a rapport with one another and to have all of your child actors be that good mm-hmm. yeah. and pull that movie off and carry it the way that they do. Plus to have Anne Ramsey and Robert Davi and Joey Pants. Like it's just so good. It's it so is good. good. I don't know who has nobody has cast kids that well. I think Stranger Harry Things Potter, nailed it. Yeah, Stranger, Stranger Things, Things nailed, nailed it. it. Mm-hmm. But just and ju- I mean just and like Harry- as watching them get older and being like, oh, they turned out to be great adult actors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Harry got- Potter is a good example too. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Stranger Things we don't know yet because they're no they're not adults yet. They're still so young. Right. Though the but one Philly kid Bobby was great Brown in that kid. Track it well. Oh, oh yeah. she's yeah she's Finn, fantastic. Finn Wolfhard. Ben Wolfhard, Millie Bobby Oh, Brown. yeah. I mean, ben they're Wolf- all fantastic. All of them. And the Wolfman? Yeah. I mean, ben, I mean, ben if you want to go, that takes place in the 80s, so technically we're not cheating. Uh, an honorary mention going off the Goonies, I don't want to add it to the list because we're not going to add it to the list. It's not even yeah. my turn. But I just want to throw out an honorary... Boy! <laughs> 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 Look, I just want to throw an honorary mention out to the Monster Squad because oh. uh, as a fan of the Goonies, the Monster yeah. Squad also gave that feel. But that one... It doesn't deserve to be on the list, no. but it ha- it's pretty quotable. 
Yeah. Wolfman's got, got Nars. Nars. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that one was uh hey, did you think the Goonies was great? This is also a pretty good movie. Yeah. But it has monsters. Yeah, this is Goonies with monsters. Uh, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm going to throw another very 80s movie onto this list. Go, go, go. This movie has some of the greatest 80s-ness to it. Mm. Okay. Okay. It has a montage. It has multiple montages. Oh, you need montages. Oh, I think I know what this is. I have it on my list. I know you do, Hal. I hope so. I know you do. First of all, Hal's going to love it because it involves Philadelphia. Oh, this oh is not what I Now I, I know oh. what this one is. I, I think I know what this one is. It involves Soviets versus Americans. Mm-hmm. It's a sports movie. Yep. Yeah. It's got Sylvester Stallone. That would be Rocky Four. That's right. I was wavering between Rocky Three and Rocky Four, but I thought that the Soviet versus America fight of Rocky Four makes because we have to have some Stallone on this list. It's the eighties. We'll allow you to combine them to to Rocky Three and a Half, and then we can pretend like they're both together. Yeah, yeah. That is one movie collectively, Rocky Three and Four. Now I'm gonna, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick with four. I will, I will stick with the rules of the game. Because it has the speech of like, you and me were not so different when he's talking yeah. to the Soviets. <laughs> if the I could change and you could change, yeah. everyone but- can change. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I feel like my contributions, like you guys are giving movies that actually like look like they're based in the 80s. And I'm giving you like The Princess Bride and like medieval no, it's no, there's all of that. And Clue in the okay, cool. Because now I'm about to go in that direction again. Because this is also an '80s movie that really influenced me as a kid, mm. and has a fun, fantastic cast, great for kids. Um, probably was the sexual awakening for every woman I know, mm-hmm. uh, because it starred David Bowie, and of course oh, I'm yeah. talking about Labyrinth. Labyrinth. <laughs> Labyrinth. Yeah, David Bowie as the Goblin King. Who, Lordy, let me go. Um, but I'm a huge, I am a huge, uh, Jim Henson fan mm-hmm. and pretty much everything they've ever done. I've loved. And that movie in particular is just so, uh, it's so magical. And the, and the special effects are really great. The puppets, the, the animatronics, everything is so good. I mean, look at Ludo, that big giant, like full body puppet. Um, everything about it, it just so, it's so cool. I'm such a big fan of practical effects and, uh, that really does showcase, you know, what you can do with creative, uh, you know, puppetry and lighting and, and different things like that. So that's definitely on my list. And also David Bowie. I mean, how sure. can you not? How David can you Bowie's not? cod piece in that movie is ridiculous. Yeah. It, it's like its own character. I'm sure it was. Yeah. I'm sure it got credited in the credits. <laughs> His name was Bob. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> or, uh, Bob, the cod Bob the cod piece, yeah. Bob the cod piece, not Rod. Sorry. Um, no, um, no, it was too obvious. You got yeah, you know, fair. throw this podcast out the window. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Labyrinth to me seems like one of those movies that I like to gauge my childhood movies on. If I wandered into the soundstage, which soundstage would blow my mind? Right. And I feel like the set for Labyrinth, specifically like the Bog of Eternal Stench, or yeah, or the Goblin castle, City, the Goblin City mm-hmm. at the end, like. All of these sets are just so magical and yeah, I they really I love are. It. And the hands, the scene with the hands were just, oh, a, yeah. just a bunch of hands are puppets. She's going down. Yeah. Uh, she chose down and then, <laughs> and then just the music, the music is great. I mean, yeah. I listen to that soundtrack all the time. The songs standing alone. I mean, some of them are really cheesy and campy with like dance, magic dance and stuff, but some of the other ones that he sings throughout this movie are great. Just like standalone songs that. Yeah really can hold their own yeah how what have you got i'll tell you after okay. this break we're gonna hear oh. From oh. their shows on the max fun network and from some of the kind sponsors who put their dollars into the show and products into your face we'll be Ooh. right back into your face <laughs> yeah i put a product right in your face look it's a rough world out there especially lately i get it so let's take care of our minds as best we can I'm John Moe, host of Depression Mode with John Moe. Every week, I talk with comedians, actors, writers, musicians, doctors, therapists, and everyday folks about the obstacles that our world and our brains throw in front of us. Depression, anxiety, traumatic stress, all those mental health challenges that are way more common and more treatable than you might think. 
And the first time I went to therapy, I was so ashamed, and I was like, can't believe I gotta go into therapy. Like, I thought I could be a man, and Humphrey Bogart was never in therapy. And then my dad said, yeah, but he smoked a carton of cigarettes a day. Give your mind a break, give yourself a break, and join me for Depression Mode with John Moe. You're in the theater. The lights go down. You're about to get swept up by the characters and all their little details and interpersonal dramas. You look at them and think, that person is so obviously in love with their best friend. Wait, am I in love with my best friend? That character's mom is so overbearing. Why doesn't she stand up to her? Oh, good God, do I need to stand up to my own mother? We never know when we'll see ourselves in a movie, but that search for recognition is exactly what we're going to talk about on the podcast Feeling Seen with me, Jordan Cruciola. Each episode, we'll bring in a guest to talk about the films that they see themselves in and also the ways that movies have fallen short. So join me every Thursday for the Feeling Seen podcast here on Maximum Fun or wherever you find your podcasts. All right, Mark, you mentioned Rocky Mm Four. I was going to put Rambo First Blood Part Two on there because it's so 1980s. It's the most 80s movie ever made. Because it's also highly problematic and mm-hmm. I, I don't i don't want to I, I don't want to support it in that way i i, I note yeah. it as like a historical landmark in the way that some awful places in this country are i do however want to talk about another major action star who with one improvised line created a catchphrase for the rest of his career <laughs> get to the chopper let's get to the chopper yay oh i just no. guessed no it's i'll be back same oh. guy, different movie. I'll be back with improvised. Terminator. Yes. It's not a tumor. I yes. can't do. I obviously, out of all the voices I do, Arnold is not one of Arnold them. Arnold is not so one of them. Please, let's let's fix that in post. I want I, now. <laughs> I want the computer or the ship. I want the ship's computer on uh, on your program on Paramount Plus, Star Trek Prodigy, uh, to do uh, just a uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger impression for every line, or just be like, "I'll be back." Yeah. Get to the chopper. <laughs> just, it's not a tumor. Just it is movie not quotes. a tumor. Yeah, right? <laughs> oh, my God. That's your bottle episode for season yeah. two. The why an animated show would need a bottle episode. I like no all idea. the 80s quotes. Great Scott. We have to go back, Marty. It's your kids. We have to save your kids. Yeah. Like... <laughs> Oh, that's so that was n- that was not the right quote, but it was close enough. Yeah, you get where it. I'm going for. It's close enough. Yeah. Uh, Terminator's great. It's got a great understated oh, performance sorry. by Michael Bean. It's got a great performance by Linda Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Arnold Schwarzenegger plays that part perfectly. However, you feel about his ability to act, one way or another, he is actually playing a character there and doing it extremely well. And it launched uh, because that film was so successful. And James Cameron sold his half of the rights to his co-producer, co-screenwriter, so that he could direct for $1. That is a fun fact about the Terminator. Wow. Oh, that's cool. But it launched the franchise that we have today, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. some of which are good movies. The last one they made, which is what, Dark Fate? I think was Dark the last Fate, one. Dark Fate, I did not see. I did so not see Whatever the last either. one was, was, was actually really good. That's really? the one that Hamilton okay. came back for? Yes. Or is that the one before? That was the one she came back for. The one she came back for. Okay. I'll put that and on the list. Google. But it's a, it is a delightfully 1980s movie. Like it's, you can't, <laughs> it is inexorably linked to the time in which it was made. And you get to see what 1983 or 1984 Los Angeles looks like, because that's where it takes place. Amazing. Hal, I can't believe you threw to the break before you did the Terminator and missed <laughs> the opportunity for an I'll be back. We'll be back. Yeah. That's right. Right. Uh, don't worry. I'll miss a lot of opportunities in the <laughs> years that we do this show. And it's not the first one I've missed. Oh, oh all right. Goodness. I'm throwing All another right, Mark, one out what there. All right, Mark, what you got? What you got? There's another workplace comedy mm. that screams 1980s to me. Okay. And I think this movie was in many ways ahead of its time and has one of the greatest comedy trios ever to grace the screen together. Okay. And that comedy trio is, of course, Lily Tomlin, Jane Fonda, and Dolly Parton. In Working nine to five, five. Yeah. Dabney Coleman. That's a great song. It's or, a that's great a great song. movie. Yeah, it's a great movie. And Dabney Coleman playing the perfect foil, not villain mm-hmm. foil, because mm-hmm. he's just an absolute turd, yeah. and he's hilarious as a turd. And what's funny is that's most men in the eighties. Like that was he was. He wasn't really, (laughs) it wasn't much of a stretch. (laughs) They could have, they could have done the same thing to Peter Venkman that they did to Dabney Coleman. Yep. True. 
that is true. That's a great choice. It's so good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's funny. It's the, like, it has held up. It's now a Broadway musical mm-hmm. that's just, you know, assorted versions of nine to five. Like now it's slow. Now it's fast. Now it's in a minor key. I think it's just one of those perfect movies that gave us that trio. Mm-hmm. And I think that trio of hilarity is, first of all, being from Tennessee, I'm going to be biased because I love all things Dolly Parton. Who doesn't? Right. And uh yeah, it's a good time capsule of the era. It is about the relationships between men and women in mm-hmm. a workplace. So it's very much of the 1980s moment that it came out in. Everyone is pitch perfect in it. And yeah, nine to five on my list. All right. You're up, Bonnie. Oh, God. I, uh, uh. Do you want to would it be easier to do just in the interest of because it's so long. Do we want to throw out just a couple at a time just to round out the list? Uh huh. From there, uh-huh. Do you feel comfortable with that? Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, just, you sound terrified. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, because I, 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 I'm. Let me pull up my list because I, I can just go. I can go. Yeah. Can give go. it. Let's. How about we okay. add three more? How's that? Okay. I'm gonna add. Okay. Oh, in I'm a gonna, row. All, all collectively. All in a row. In yeah. a row. Give us three more. All right. Mine are gonna be. I have an idea for how we can wrap this up too. At the Ooh, end. Okay, oh. I'm excited. Yeah. All right, mine are going to be mostly sci-fi, except for this one that I'm great, throwing up first. Uh, another great ensemble cast, Breakfast Club. Oh, yes, timeless. On my list, yeah. uh, however, again, one of those that doesn't age quite as well, but nope. you know what? It still holds up. As you all know, or maybe you don't know, but I'm telling you now, I'm a huge Trekkie. Star Trek Four: The Voyage Home, where they go back in time to the 80s mm-hmm. to save... The whales. I mean, I'm sorry that that movie is perfection. I don't know. I, you don't even have to be a, a fan of Star Trek to laugh at that one. It's so good yeah. and it's so funny and it's so. I don't know. It like why? Why did who did who thought of that? But doesn't matter because it's perfect. I will point you toward our what's the best Star Trek movie episode, and hands down, the winner was Star Trek for the voyage home. It yeah. is universally yeah. beloved by Trek fans and right. muggles alike. I realize I'm mixing things up there. That's fine. I mean, Wrath of Khan is, is great. Wrath yes, of Khan is. is fantastic. But for some reason, the voyage home just gives me everything I love about Star Trek. And, it, yeah. and it's funny. And, and that's they, what yeah, I they made it. a fish out of water movie of, out of it. Yeah. They made Crocodile Dundee, the Star Trek edition. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, nuclear vessels. Where are your nuclear vessels? <laughs> it's just, it's so good. And then, of course, I'm going to, Keep it sci-fi, but uh, mm-hmm. E.T. Sure. E.T. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe I didn't have that on my list. Great yeah. choice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. E.T. Oh. Perfect perfect score. Perfect direction. Uh, the kid in it is very, very, very good. And another example of me loving practical effects and, you know, keeping it so simple, you know, with puppetry and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And also it launched uh, Drew Barrymore's career as well, yeah. I feel. Really? Yeah. So honestly, I, I mean, I could keep going. <laughs> Star Wars. I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. Oh, that was my fault. I got that for you. Since okay, you cool, cool. Up in the air. I'm going to pass it to hell. <laughs> I'll throw out the best Star Wars movie hands down. I will accept no argument on it. And that is The Empire Strikes Back from 1980. It is a perfect film all around. Irving Kirshner expertly directs it, expertly performed, <laughs> expertly written by Lawrence Kasdan. And there's music almost the entire film. That being the work, of course, of the iconic John Williams. Yep. Um. Oh. We don't have any animated films on this list. That feels kind of weird. Right? Oh, crap. Oh, it, Renaissance started in 1989 when The Little Mermaid was released. So you know, that was on my list, too. There. Oh, geez. I feel I feel bad that that should have been my thing. Oh, well, um, you know what? Oh, and I, I wasn't I, thinking animation at all. I was just I'm really going to put my trust in Mark in Mark having the movie that I'm not going to name right now. In favor of another movie that is so 1980s. <laughs> I feel like there are two glaring omissions from this list right now. I don't know who of our friends listens to this podcast, but if mm-hmm. Janet listens, and I feel like sometimes she does, Janet, this one's for you. 1982's Tron should be Ooh, on this list. It okay. So achingly oh. 1980s in both, both in terms of when it's set and in terms of what we knew about home computers at the time that we yes. imagined that this could be happening inside a computer that it probably took 800 rooms of them just to make the computer generated. It's a landmark film as far as how it used computer generated effects. And, and it's a great <laughs> Jeff Bridges uh, performance also. So yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to throw it yep. on there. Just All right. I accept 80s. it. I All accept right. this. This is, this is a great list. This is going to be hard as hell. It is. It's going to be hard, but don't worry. I think I have a way for us to, 
I think I have a way for us to do it at the end. Mm. Um, all right. Now I'm adding three. Yeah. yeah. I feel like there are two real glaring omissions that if I don't use two of, I'm going to, I feel like I have to burn two of my three really? just oh, no. to say Die Hard and Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. I was going to say Indiana like, Jones. So, I was, yeah. it was one that so on those don't too. count. These are my three. Okay. So Raiders and Die Hard are getting automatically put onto the list. Yeah. Because right? they've won episodes of this show before each That's of them true. individually. I yeah. think that is fair. And Indiana Jones was on my list. Uh, Die Hard was on my list for Christmas movie, but we'll accept it. Yes. <laughs> All right. I am going to, you know what? I don't need to add three more. No, go ahead. Go ahead. You want to? I do. On. I do. I feel like Raiders and Die Hard. I knew that they had to they be. They were throwaways. They were throwaways. We got it. We got it. Go ahead. I'm going to put Coming to America. Oh. Because I think that is Eddie Murphy at his absolute Eddie Murphyist. Yep. In his prime. <laughs> prime. That so is good. prime Eddie Murphy. Prime Eddie. Mm hmm. I mean, he could have won an Oscar for that movie. He plays a million different characters expertly at like mm -hmm. 22 he was a kid when he made that mm -hmm. he was brilliant in it it's hilarious james earl jones arsenio hall epic he was brilliant. older than, than 22 that was a great cast wasn't he? Yeah. he was in his 20s he was in yeah. his 20s by then maybe it was just because it was he was playing 21st birthday that i was yes, thinking he was that. playing someone younger that's correct i'm also going to add the big chill oh because that's another that's less of a greatest 80s movie and more of a most 80s movie mm -hmm. because it is Lawrence Kasdan who wrote Empire Strikes Back and Raiders of the Lost Ark doing just an interesting comedy drama about human beings that I think is great uh, and then I will add finally to this list do the right thing because I think do the right thing is one of those I mean it gave us Spike Lee the in an era when we have so many of the great directors represented on this list. Mm -hmm. It would be a shame not to put one of the greatest directors of the 80s and since Spike Lee in his first movie with an epic ensemble cast that just blew him up. It is a snapshot of a specific neighborhood in Brooklyn, and it is a wonderful movie. That is, uh, it's, you know, it's the riot at the end, the whole, like the, the, the just the heat and uh, the way that that movie makes you feel, I think is great. So 22 movies. We've <laughs> we have 22 movies. Now here is my pitch for how we can end this. Okay. And give us three movies to really talk about. Okay. We might take us a second, might take a second of dead air, but okay. here's my pitch. If we each pick one movie. That was not one of the ones that we mentioned. Oh, we each pick one movie. I like that. from the other two people. Okay, I like that. What do you guys think? Okay, oh, I love it. All right, it's gonna take a second. I got one. I think I got one too. <laughs> take your time. Though. I mean, everyone was so. No, I'll take my time. Yeah, everyone's we... was so great. Yeah, yeah, we've gotten. Uh, By know, the way, man. you did not say the movie that I was hoping you'd say, which is Ferris Bueller's Day Off. You know what it was? Oh. It was on my teen movie list. I had a, yeah. I had, I had divided into genres. And of the teen movies, I looked at it and I was like, that's great. Sixteen Candles, Pretty in Pink, all of Breakfast those. Club. All of those yeah. are great. But I think that Breakfast Club out of all of those was the most that, that is true. iconic. Have I ever told my Ferris Bueller story? No. On the show? I saw I'm, I'm shaking my head. No, like I know this. I'm like, no, <laughs> yeah, you know, please. Same show historian Bonnie Gordon has not. Long time listener, story. first time caller. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I went to see Ferris Bueller's Day Off and back to school in the mm -hmm. same day with my parents. We would often go to see multiple movies if we could. Notable because they both used the song Twist and Shout, mm -hmm. but also notable for that day because we were throwing a Frisbee around in between movies and I threw it too hard to my mom and clocked her in the face with it. <laughs> those are my memories of those two movies. Oh, poor mom. And our producer has entered something that I almost put in when you said you were a handsome fan, which is the great mm -hmm. Muppet caper. Yeah. I approve. I approve. Uh, anything, anything movies. Muppets, anything Muppets, I accept. Anything Jim Henson, I accept on this list. Dark Crystal could have an honorary mention as well. Yeah. I could keep going. Honestly, we don't need to whittle it down. Can we just keep adding to the yeah, list? Yeah, this, this, this is going to be best <laughs> 80s movies. Is yeah. The secret of my success. Why yeah. don't we talk about the lesser known Michael J. Fox? <laughs> All right. Let me ask you this before we each give our one, because I, we haven't even mentioned them at all. What, Dirty Dancing or Risky Business? No, I was saying just because they went straight through to the finals. Footless. Should we talk a little bit about Raiders of the Lost Ark and Die Hard? Sure. Because, I mean, Die Hard has won multiple episodes of this show. 
Mm-hmm. It has come out on top in, I think, best action movie. It yep. came out on top in best Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Alan Rickman is. He's the perfect best villain. Villain. Yep. Yep. He might have. Did we do a best villain? It's got the best catchphrase. When you said the catchphrase thing, that's what I thought you were talking about. And I was like, oh, Yippie Kaye was uh, improvised, huh? <laughs> and then, of course, Raiders of the Lost Ark is again that magic trio of Lucas Spielberg and Kasdan mm-hmm. creating an absolutely iconic character movie cast set pieces it moves having watched it somewhat recently i forgot how well it moves like how Mm -hmm. quick and smooth and fluid it is and like a well-oiled machine yeah movies get longer as you move away from them as Mm -hmm. as as, and i know i've said this a ton of times but as time moves forward the pacing of films becomes faster and faster and faster Mm -hmm. so Number one, it makes a slower made movie in the modern era stand out more, but it also makes the movies that we thought were fast even 10, 15 years ago seem a lot slower. And that one maintains a really good pace to it. Yeah. Have you watched Iron Man 1? It's like watching on Golden Pond. (laughs) I mean, go back and rewatch Mary Poppins. It's two and a half hours long. It is a long movie. Yeah. I rewatched it recently and I went, good Lord, they're still talking about voting. (laughs) 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 But not that that's not important. But, you know, it's just one of those things where it's like, you know, as a kid, you don't remember that. You know, your brain remembers all like the fast paced, fun songs and this and that and like all the stuff in between. I'm just kind of like, okay, they're loading up the cannon on the, the ship. They're just, they're talking. Uh, they, Bert's walking around. I'm like, what is it? Yeah. You know, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's one of my top films of all time. Yeah. And I personally worked with Richard Sherman. So like it has a special place in my heart, but yeah. Man, I that movie's long. Yeah. Anyway, I I have ADHD. Y'all should not let me. Y'all should have a mute button on my mic. Please. No, I will this, tangent you, all over the place. You obviously have not listened yeah. to the show yet, Bonnie. The, the, oh. <laughs> the weird thing about Mary Poppins is that half hour at the beginning where we see Dick Van Dyke putting on the one man band outfit. That just seems <laughs> yeah. He buckles the drum wrong and he's got to fix yeah, it. Right. Mark, you have a method. I do. So we're each gonna pick. So we're going to put one selected, Mark. Have we bought you enough time? I have one selected. Bonnie, do you have one selected? Hal, do you have one selected? Yes. Yeah. I selected one of someone else's and I'm putting Raiders and Die Hard straight through again to the finals. Okay. Multiple episode winners. Ken also producer's prerogative, which he has capitalized as if it is a trademark thing yeah. now, which as I kind of love. Granted that somehow. Yeah. Hold on a second. Uh, is planes, trains and automobiles. Another great movie. Maybe the only great Thanksgiving movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But I'm going to go, or am I starting or who's, how are we doing this? You're going to start. All right. I'll start. And I'm, uh, Bonnie, you knocked it out of the park right at the beginning. And I am taking the princess bride all the way to the finals. Thank you. I was hoping someone would take it, take my yeah. baby away to the end. Bonnie, I'm taking another one of yours that Bring I didn't it on. even think to put on my list, but it is so beloved. And also we think about it when we think about the eighties and that's ET. Awesome. There you Amazing. go. Well, I feel so honored. Thank you for taking all my movies. Yes. Um, I, it was a tough choice and I definitely am going back and forth between Beetlejuice and Back to the Future, but I think I got to go to Back to the Future just because it is an example of like a perfect movie, in my opinion. Yeah. It, it just, the characters, everything. I think in film classes, they study the script of Back to the Future and how mm-hmm. just like the intro itself, just that montage without ever saying a line of dialogue, it shows exactly what's happened. Obviously, someone's been gone a long time. I don't know. They like break it down a- yeah. in film schools. And I think I find that fascinating. So I'll take back to the future to the finals. Groovy. Yeah. All right. So we have our final five. That's The Princess Bride, Back to the Future, E.T., Raiders of the Lost Ark, and Die Hard. Now, let's take a look at some of the criteria that we talked about earlier being what we were going to be looking for in a 1980s movie. So that's probably what I didn't look at because yes. I just heard 80s movie and I was like, I didn't know there was criteria I had to follow. Well, that's, I oh, mean, we, we just we determined, determined them ourselves yeah. here at the top of this episode. You know what? Oh, let's go to the tape. Well, Hal, I have a surprise for you. <laughs> you do? I do. The bad news is it's not that raft right there it at is. the beginning. You hear that? Yeah, yeah. that was it. That, that was, was us at the beginning it. of the episode. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Let's go to a clip right there, there at the is. beginning. You hear that? Yeah, yeah, that was it. That was us Whatever. at the beginning of the episode. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sorry, Ken. All right. So let's talk about those criteria that we put in before the campiness, the nostalgia, oh, the, those. the creativity. Yeah. The yes. things that we, we mentioned. Perfect. And, and also 1980s as an adjective. I think if we're talking about the best 80s movie, 1980s as a concept, I mm-hmm. think can 
play in it, which obviously does with Back to the Future, less so in The Princess Bride. Uh, uh, it opens with Atari. A video game, that's true. That does. Dun, 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 boop, boop, boop. Yeah, the yeah. little Atari baseball game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Fred I mean, Savage in his bed playing with, you know, playing... Very 80s. Playing video game. Very 80s. By the way, I don't plug this enough in my life, and I want to keep doing it. Fred Savage has been directing almost every episode of The New Wonder Years, which is one of the best shows on television. I did not know that. Good for him. It's so good. Oh, it's so good. It's such a good show. I love that he's directing. It's like when Ryder went back and started directing Girl Meets World. Yes. Like the the new generation of stars that became Mm -hmm. directors are doing the new generation of their previous properties. But you know what? There's it's so close and near and dear to their hearts. Then I mean, they know the vision of it. They you know, they lived it. So I feel like if anyone's going to take it to the next level, it'd be someone who basically lived lived it uh, most of their life. Yeah. How do you want to do this? Hal, you have thoughts? I mean, I think I know what the answer is. I have my pick for which one it is. We could talk about a a bunch of criteria. I think this one's going to hit the most bases. I mean, I think I have my pick too. I mean, all of these are great. There are no bad films in this list. No. I think in the list we need They're all iconic, iconic movies. Mm -hmm. And there are a ton that I was throwing out while you were talking of like risky business yeah. Footloose, Flash sure. Dance, Lethal oh, Weapon. Oh man. That are all, all of them. very Oh yeah, much Top Gun. Wow. Jeez. Ah. There's so many. Okay. Oh my God, you guys. There's so many great, but great eighties movies. I would pause it and not just because it's my favorite movie of all time, because mm-hmm. it will satisfy the, I think almost any criteria you lay out, it's going to fill it really well and that it captures the time in which it's made. It also mm-hmm. happens to be timeless. It holds up watching it over time and repeat watching it. I think it has enough little edges over these other movies. It would be my pick for best eighties movie. That said is back to the future. Any of these five. Yes. It would be back to the future. I thought about, I was thinking that. And then I, I feel the same way. Everything you just said, I feel the same way about princess bride. Here's the thing. I'll yeah. accept Back to the Future as best 80s movie if we all agree that The Princess Bride is the best movie overall ever. In, <laughs> because in history? In all, in all of, in, in all in of all cinema honesty, history. It is the perfect movie. It checks all the boxes. Perfect. It's every genre. Any age can watch it. Kids, adults. It's action, comedy, romance, fantasy. He's a Bears fan. Drama. <laughs> okay, well, uh, that aside, you know, it has yeah. one flaw. <laughs> that's right. It does. It, that's one little thing. <laughs> I guess the thing from the thing about, and I think Back to the Future is it's one of the greatest movies ever made. For some reason, to me though, the thing that gets stuck in my craw are the plot holes are so huge. It's you don't recognize, like you never sat across from your son. At the dinner table and turned to your husband, Crispin Glover, and said, hey, does our son look exactly like that guy that Calvin Klein? You remember (laughs) Calvin Klein? I don't know who you're talking about. Come on. Of course you remember Calvin Klein. He's he's 17 years old. They've obviously already talked about it. Mark, I can defend this. Okay. okay. okay, I'm 35. All right. Mm -hmm. I don't know how old they were represented as the parents in that time. And also, you also have to remember, he was only there, what, a couple weeks I don't remember people I went to high school with for four years that (laughs) sat next to me in class. If you, like, put a bunch of people in front of me, I'd be like... I don't remember what they look like. You know but what I mean? Those, but if one of those bunches of people happened to be the person that paired you up with your true right. love that you were but with. But you never took a picture of them and memory fades. Like, you know what I mean? Maybe. Yeah. And then maybe when they, you know, and also they give birth to their son and then they see him grow throughout the years. And you know how whenever you see someone for a long period of time and uh, you see them every day and like as they, you know, there's no changes that you see. But if you see someone and then you don't see them for a really long time, you're like, oh my gosh, you look so different. You yeah. know, it's like that. I feel like they saw him grow gradually. So they, they're adjusted to his likeness. Look, yeah. I don't know why I'm it's justifying this. It's a movie. No, but you're, you're making all, all of these are, are also, very good points. If, if you look, yeah. like Mark, think about high school. And if I said, hey, remember that guy for two weeks, that foreign exchange student that got hit by a car that uh, we didn't get any pictures with him, but he like grabbed a guitar and played, you know, I, he tried to take me to the dance and like drank things. And, you know, like, would you remember? Would you remember like vividly yeah. a face? I would if he weirdly looked exactly like Michael J. Fox. I'd be like, that guy <laughs> looks exactly like Michael J. Fox. There are no photos of him from that time. Yeah. Nobody takes his picture. Yeah. So they just have their memory of like, oh yeah, he does. He he might look kind of like that. Now, here are two things (laughs) I will refute that with. 
Number one is if you ask George and Lorraine how they met, they're going to tell the story about how she was being attacked and he came to her rescue. And then they kissed on the dance floor after he pushed away another bully, which Marty doesn't help with. The story's not going to be, well, this guy showed up and we called him Calvin Klein. He had his name on his underwear and he'd been up in a tree doing something we don't even know. They're they're not going to tell that part of the story. Here's the other thing. If they're going to be weirded up by anything, it'll be, how did that guy from high school, you remember Lorraine, how he said that one of our kids when he was four was going to set fire to the living room carpet and to go easy on him? He set fire to living. What else did he say? Does yeah. anybody remember what yeah. else Calvin yeah. Klein? This, yes, Calvin Klein, Nostradamus yeah. Klein. Yeah, Calvin Klein, the prophet. You know. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You know what? I am sufficiently sold, and I will say, great Scott. Well, hold on, because because okay. I could be Team Princess Bride too, because that's my babe. That's that's my love. Oh. But I will say. I will oh, say. This, oh, then it all. I, I thought you were a team. I thought you had gone. No, I love Back to the Future. To the future. Okay, twist. but right. here's the thing. I I said I'd be willing to accept Back to the Future as the best '80s movie if we yeah. could all agree that The Princess Bride is the most perfect movie of all time. Mm-hmm. That was my my clause. Oh, I don't know how much time we have on this podcast. You want a provisional? Well, we're coming in for a landing right now. So. Okay, so basically we're gonna we're going to end this on a standstill. Of you have to agree. Never. That Princess we Bride never. Is Look, we will all agree to the greatness of Princess Bride. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. As long as we can flawless accept and, it's a yeah. perfect, flawless movie. And it is. It Even is. the flaws are perfect. Yeah. As the most perfect sword fight of all time. Every character yeah. is perfect in their own weird way. Andre the Giant is, you just want to hold him. Yes. And, well, you can't hold him because he's very large, but be held by him, I guess. Yeah. I just want to be cradled in his giant, giant <laughs> yes. arms. What's perfect about it is that outside of the Atari reference at the beginning, Mm -hmm. you could make that film in almost any year yeah, and it will make sense whether that's taking place in 1952 or it's taking place in 2017, Mm -hmm. it would still work the same way. I think back to the future is so tied to the difference between living in 1985 and what it was like just 30 years in the past. That it I can, that makes it a, it's not just a movie made in the eighties. Yeah. Which to me feels like more of what Princess Bride is. I think Back to the Future is more of an eighties movie as well. That's why I would give it. The- 1985 is a character in that movie. Correct. Understood. Yeah. You know what? If we're going with those things in place, then I will agree that yes, I will accept Back to the Future as the answer, but just know that the Princess Bride will always be my little nugget. You know what? I'll <laughs> yes. say this then, Bonnie. Yeah. As you wish. That's right. <gasps> Thank you. That's all I've ever wanted. People of the world, we joined the 80s. We mentioned so many movies. You're going to be so upset that yours wasn't mentioned. That's why I tried to throw out stuff that was iconically 80s. But we want to hear more from you about the 80s movies that you love. Let's celebrate the movies we enjoy rather than be sad that they weren't said out loud on a podcast that you love more than any other podcast. Don't you troll me. That's right. (laughs) Don't come after me if I didn't say your movie. Yeah. Yeah. Don't. Please stay out of my DMs. Slide out of them. All you Princess Bride haters, y'all better leave me alone. <laughs> yes. The best 80s movie of all time is Back to the Future. Now taking its place as a repeat winner. Not only did it win Best Back to the Future movie, but it also the trilogy overall won Best yeah. Film Trilogy when Nathan Fillion joined us. And now it wins oh. again in the hallowed hall of three-time champions as the best 1980s movie asked and answered bonnie thank you so much for joining us thank you so much for having me this was so much fun i basically just went down memory lane nostalgia all around and Mm -hmm. star trek prodigy is currently airing on paramount plus as of this recording there are more episodes yet to come Mm -hmm. and so everybody should be checking that out and paramount plus is a great subscription service if you already have it if you're a trek fan if you're a trekkie or trekker or whatever you like to call yourself i just prefer a trekasaur that's what i call myself (laughs) i love it Uh, paramount plus is a great place to watch all the Star Trek that you love, for goodness sakes. Yeah. What's great about Prodigy is that you don't have to know anything about Star Trek to enjoy it because the characters that you're joining on this adventure don't know anything about Starfleet or Star Trek either. So there you go. They know nothing of the Federation. If you are so new to Star Trek and you just like good sci-fi and storytelling and animation, this show is for you. Awesome. And where also, else would I'm you like it. people to find you? Yes. Go search for me at Bonnie Bell G all over social media. That's Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Apparently, I'm doing those now. And uh, <laughs> woohoo! Apparently, did you not know? Yeah, yeah I mean, they're great. I love all the do. I mean, you know, I, I've only done a few, and now everyone's asking me to do more. So I'm yeah. gonna, I'm gonna do more. Now that's a new job you have. Yeah, yeah that's just add that to my list. And speaking of, uh, check out my Kickstarter. It's for a solo jazz nerdy 
blues album called Con Artist, and it Love just it. launched just now, and I I have I'm fully funded, so I'm kind of freaking out. <laughs> but I have a lot of stretch goals, so come make that happen. We're gonna make some music yes. videos. We're gonna make we're gonna we're gonna make an album, people. Awesome. Well, congratulations on the Kickstarter hitting the goal. Thank you. This topic is closed. There are many more topics to discuss, so please reach out to us on Twitter at We Got This Tweets, or you can email us at We Got This Podcast at gmail.com or go to our Facebook group, celebrate everything 1980s movies, the things that you love, scenes, whatever you want. That's Facebook.com slash groups slash We Got This Podcast. Thank you to producer Ken Plume, researcher Kate McManus, graphic designer Uri Kelman, and QA engineer Jen Alba. And thanks, of course, to our musicians, Jonathan Dinerstein and Mike Furman, for our score and theme song, respectively. And thanks to you, the people of the world. I'm serious, y'all. We are going to get those three movies that we mentioned at the top, Beetlejuice, The Princess Bride, and what was the other one? Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Was Beetlejuice? It Ghostbusters? No, no, it's Back no. to the Future. Uh, Princess sorry, Bride, Ghostbusters Back to the Future, Beetlejuice. And we're going to all have a great big slumber party, grab the big bag of M&Ms, and we will see you on the living room floor in beanbag chairs because you are the reason that we do this show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For Hal Lublin, I'm Mark Agliardi. And for Mark Agliardi, I'm Hal Lublin. And don't worry, everybody. We, we got this. We got this. Of course, the Princess Bride is going to be the winner. To be not the winner would be inconceivable. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.